How are smaller, more nimble RIA custodians using technology as a differentiator from the big box firms? How can partnering with a wirehouse clearing firm benefit your RIA clients? And what are some of the decision points that are made when building out advisor technology on mobile devices? All these questions and more will be answered on today's episode of Wealth Management Today. This episode of Wealth Management Today is brought to you by Ezra Group Consulting. Broker-dealers are under tremendous pressure to retain and attract new advisors, and the technology ecosystem is a key part. Ezra Group Consulting is your go-to source for building the next generation of advisor and client experiences that will supercharge your firm's growth, increase user satisfaction, and reduce operating costs. If you're a broker-dealer and you want to leapfrog your competition, contact Ezra Group today for a free one-hour consultation and 10% off your first strategic planning project. Go to ezragroup.co, that's E-Z-R-A, G-R-O-U-P dot C-O for more information. Welcome to Planet Wealth Tech. This is your host, Craig Eskowitz. I'm a technology and business strategy consultant focusing on wealth management solutions. And each week here on the Wealth Management Today podcast, I speak with people who are on the cutting edge of tech and pushing the envelope by bringing us new products and ideas that can help your firm stay one step ahead of the competition. On today's episode... I had the opportunity to sit down with Rob Baldwin from RIA Custodian Trade PMR. I've always been interested in the more agile tier of firms that sit below the big four RIA custodians and how they thrive and adapt in this ever-changing industry we live in. We spoke about what makes this firm unique, and I dove in a bit into their background with First Clearing. We also discussed some of the big changes in the roadmap of their own advisor platform. So without holding you back anymore, let's get started. And welcome to this episode of Wealth Management Today. Today on the podcast, I am very pleased to have as my guest, the founder and CEO of Trade PMR, Rob Baldwin. Welcome, Rob. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Craig. Rob, it is a pleasure to have you. Uh, we, we see each other at conferences all the time, and I'm really a fan of, of what you guys are doing down there. And I'm, I'm glad to be able to sit down and, and discuss some of the things you're some of the announcements, pre-announcements coming up before your big client conference. Absolutely. Yes. Next week, uh, we all meet in West Palm Beach and have our annual co- uh, conference with all of our advisors. And we're really excited to be able to uh, get down there, meet a lot of people face-to-face that we talk to on the phone every day and introduce them to some of the things that uh, we've come out with. But mostly, the things we've come out with are driven by these advisors. They give us the input and we make the requests that they want after we prioritize them. And so really we're going down there to say, you know, we've completed a lot of the tasks that they've asked us to complete. And that's the best way to run a business is really client driven. Absolutely. You know, it's a big focus of ours. It always has been. We have a lot of different ways that advisors can communicate to us to tell us how they think things could work better, how uh, workflow could be a little improved, different feature sets that they, you know, think they could uh, utilize more. And, you know, they make those suggestions through, you know, talking to advisor services. They can make the the request online with us. They can do all kinds of things that allow us to then analyze and prioritize that information and determine, you know, what is the best for the majority of our advisors and, and get to work on it. 
What's interesting about your firm is the, the sort of the advisor mix. How do you how do you pick advisors? Or how do advisors pick you? And you seem to have an interesting mix of advisory firms. Who are your clients? Yeah, you know, I've always taken the approach because I was an advisor. You know, I started as an advisor 25 years ago. And when I was an advisor and, I, and, and trying to find a custodian, I really appreciated the firms who gave me a chance mm-hmm. and seeing that I was starting from not necessarily ground zero, but, uh, you know, not with a whole lot of assets. I wanted somebody who um, would allow me to grow. And so I've always taken the approach that I want to give guys that are new a chance to grow, especially if they have experience and they have the ability to, uh, you know, accumulate assets and have proven they've done that in a prior life. Those kind of guys I really do give a, you know, I want to give a chance to. In most cases, if you're a new startup and um, you don't have any assets and you don't have a proven track record, that's probably not a good set for us um, because we really want advisors who are focused on growth. So the majority of the assets and advisors that are moving to us today are fairly large, uh, you know, fairly large being in the anywhere between the 250 to billion dollar range. And, you know, that's really who we're focused on serving as those large advisors, because I believe that no matter what we try to do right now, um, we're going to find that roll-ups are going to continue to occur. Billion-dollar firms are going to start recruiting smaller smaller advisors, and we're going to end up with a consolidated advisor workforce before too long. It may be three years from now, maybe five years from now, maybe 10 years from now. I'm usually an early predictor of things and whether they come true or not. Um, but I have a feeling that's where we're going. So all the tool feature set that we create is not for a smaller set. It's for the larger advisors because I feel like that's where we need to focus all of our energy uh, because consolidation will occur and has really ha- already started to occur. So that's an, uh, an interesting question. So we work, my consulting firm, we work with a lot of uh, larger firms as in, in the same range where you're talking about. And what I find is a lot of these mergers, what happens is you wind up having multi-custodial issues because two firms will merge with different custodians, then you wind up, they, they can't move all the clients. They wind up having to support multi-custodial. Do you see that being an issue? Is that, is that a problem for you guys? Do you do a lot of conversions? Um, we, well, we do a lot of conversions, but at the same period of time, it's not an issue. It's something that we've really had to focus on is making sure that we provide as deep as possible, deep integrations as deep as possible with some of the major uh, PMS systems that are out there. So that, you know, the the portfolio management systems that advisors use uh, and integrate with us as well as other custodians can be utilized, you know, no matter where the advisor does business. And that's really a key. So we have to have real deep integrations and make sure that, that, uh, you know, all of us match up and provide the same level of data to these advisors who choose to be multi-custody. You know, I think that's one aspect um, that I think uh, all of us are kind of working towards, but at the same period of time, you know, there's two levels of, 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 of focuses that we have here at Trade PMR, two, two items we focus on every day we come to work. And number one, that's delivering great technology to our end advisors and teaching them that they do have a, uh, a system whereby they can operate their entire business simply and easily without having to go outside of us if necessary. Um, but we do understand those who multi-custody, they have that capability. And the second is um, we work our rear ends off to make sure we service our advisors every single day and solve their problems as quickly and efficiently as, as, pro- as possible. We pick up the phone when it rings, when they talk to a human. Um, that's just something we take pride on. It's something that 
I noticed as an advisor when I did business that it was critical if I could talk to somebody I knew who could take my issue and make sure it got accomplished. And that's really something I've always strove, uh, strive to continue to do and continue to build out no matter how large we get. And that's really our goal. So um, we've got a lot of room still to grow left, but I'm, I'm not afraid to, to make sure that uh, we keep this business model as is and be, be able to answer the phone and solve people's problems. So you could summarize your focus as great tech and great service. Correct. We really, those are the two things every day we mention in every meeting that that's our focus. Why do you, so go back in time a bit. So you're starting a broker dealer and I I liked on your website how you describe it, a broker dealer uniquely focused on providing extraordinary support and service to advisors. So when you started this, this firm and you're, you're mainly known as a custodian. Yeah. why do you feel, at what point did you see tech being a, a differentiator? Wow. Well, I could go back to my days as an advisor. That's when I realized the wreck that was involved in the tech of the custodial space. It was, it was horrible. And I spent a lot of my Sundays coming into the office because I was multi-custodial only because I was trying to find a custodian that, would, that actually gave data to me and none of them did. I really, all, all I received was commented, delimited, formatted data that I had to take and batch and then put into a MS-DOS system and try to determine who had what and where at any given point in time. Now for I the younger ex- people out there, MS-DOS is an operating system that us old people used to use because that's all we had. Yes. A it, long it, time it, ago. The only time people ever even know what uh, MS-DOS means is I usually say it's a black screen with little green letters on it. And they go, oh, okay, I remember that. There's no mouse. Yes. And, you know, then you, so you take that data and you had to export it into Excel and culminate the data. And, you know, it took Sunday afternoons to do this. You're pulling all the data in, you're creating it into a presentation. And you're doing that so that you have a deliverable to your client to show them when they, when you have your face-to-face meeting. Mm-hmm. And it was painful. And I realized at that juncture, custodians owned all this data. They had it all in their hands and they did nothing with it to enhance the advisor experience. Hmm. So when we started Trade PMR, that was our goal. We wanted to turn the tide and create technology with the data we had and give advisors the day-to-day pieces they needed to grow and operate their business. So if you don't mind me asking, what do you think about uh, Charles Schwab's move, basically to get out of the technology business or, or most of it, when they sold off or kind of gave away their portfolio center technology to InvestNet? You know, they're making a move in the opposite direction, really. So do you think they're right or they're just a very different business? No, I think um, they're kind of copycatting what it really worked for TD Ameritrade which was, you know, TD decided to go out and continue, of course, to, to build out their Teo system, but they decided that they were going to do integrations really, really well and built a lot of integrations. And that was a good driver for them. Whereas, so Schwab decided to go back to Portfolio Center and continue to utilize that with all their advisors who were coming on board. Again, that's a you know software system sitting on the desktop, downloading and uploading data that you know, didn't meet the needs of clients. So instead of going out and building a brand new interface that's web-based that accomplishes all the things that 
advisors need. Uh, I assume they just decided it was easier to outsource that and, you know, have that accomplished with all the fintech startups that occur. Hmm. And I, I do think there's a, a play both ways. I think um, it, there's all the advisors, of course, multi-custodial you know, relationships everywhere. They're going to have to have those systems and they're not going to have, have to use a lot of technology from any custodian. But then you have those advisors, and we get a lot of them who come to us and say, we are multi-custodial, but we recognize the fact that we could probably be a lot meaner and uh, leaner and meaner when our, with our P&L statements if we could narrow our custodial relationships down and start to utilize your technology. So, you know, I think there's a, a trend kind of going in both directions, and people, you know, feel their way out as they continue to grow their business. And, uh, you know, I think it, 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 it helps from our standpoint to have a deliverable that's out of the box to our advisors, um, especially those that are coming from the wirehouse world and just need something out of the box mm-hmm. and then need to learn about the technology that's available in our space, but don't want to make decisions right away. I think it's really wise for them to come to a, a firm like Trade PMR, have the systems in place, and then show up to a T3 for the next year or two and determine what CRMs are best. And whether they need portfolio management systems or or systems to rebalance portfolios that um, that we don't offer. Mm-hmm. Going back to what you said about more mergers, and and I, I see the same thing. And we've seen the number of billion dollar firms is growing every year, mm-hmm. but from the market, the market being up, the you know the the bull market, but also from mergers. So how does that change the the technology needs of a client of an RIA when they when they merge? I don't think it really changes the needs to the RA, but I do think that it's going to allow advisors to be able to, you know, the larger advisors who are pulling together, the ability to go out and, and lower their overhead by choosing uh, different variations of, of uh, tech stacks that they want to operate with and use them together. And you know, that's, the, that's the, the wherewithal. You know, the, the real magic to any of these uh, merger systems is literally putting four or five, you know, advisors under one umbrella, but all of them having their individual contracts, all of them having the ability to uh, grow their business, but everybody sharing overhead and under one roof. And it's a real simple way to make sure that um, everyone has, you know, a system in place for continuity that if something happens to them, there's a team left to take over. Um, They have, you know, they can have buyouts that are simply simple and easy to put in place. And they can continue to run their practice and build their own name and brand, but underneath, you know, one common umbrella that all four of them use. Mm-hmm. And so that's a real, that's a real good uh, way to, to, you know, to accomplish and build a, a larger scale business. And they can use the same systems. They can use the same portfolio management systems, the same CRMs, and it saves them all overhead. So speaking of mergers and acquisitions, what is your take on the United Capital acquisition by Goldman. Mm, that's interesting. I think uh, that Goldman has decided to, uh, I will say, dip their toe in the water and examine what this looks like. And as always, when mergers and acquisitions happen, you wonder what will be the end move. You know, it's it's still out there to, and, and to be determined on a lot of mergers that have occurred, even the E-Trade TCA merger. Um, you know, we're still looking at and examining what is E-Trade's true motive? What do they plan on doing with this? Do they actually 
want to merge that to be on their books and records, or are they going to keep it separate and distinct? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we'll, we'll continue to have to watch and see what Goldman does as well. But you see, now they've got uh, a number of different properties or, or, or business lines in the space. They've got their, their high-end private wealth business. They've got a middle tier where they, they sort of support uh, executives, executive wealth. Then they've got their Goldman Mass affluent lending. So this kind of fits somewhere in between all those in, in getting into the wealth space. So do you see Goldman as being a, a threat to the, the rest of the industry in that they, they've got the heft and, and the market uh, wherewithal to really build out United Capital into a, into a much bigger player? You know, absolutely. I think when, when two years ago I, I, I spoke at our conference and I laid out something that I think people looked at and thought I was absolutely crazy, but it's, it's something I still believe in today. And that is, I, I believe one of these firms, one of these major firms will eventually roll out of mostly FINRA business and become the, the first national RIA firm that with, you know, with a brand name that, you know, used to be more or less a wirehouse. I think that's still possible. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if that occurs somewhere in the next three to five years. And they'll, they'll be able to take a lot of the momentum, a lot of the, the uh, product sets that they've been able to deliver to the wealthy clients and deliver that across the board. Hmm. And that's a differentiator compared to most custodians and uh, custodians and the, and the level of things that they typically produce. And it's also where Trey P. Marr feels like uh, we've been able to work really well with First Clearing because they have all those systems in place and a lot of the items that allow our RIAs who do business with us, uh, a, a lot of the feature sets that they get to offer to their larger channels. So Rob, you beat me to the question. I was going to ask you about First Clearing. Uh, so you, you're stealing my thunder here. So tell me about the first clearing relationship and, and how that works and, and how that differentiates trade PMR from other custodians. Well, you know, first clearing brings a lot to the table for us. Needless to say, they're a $1.8 trillion asset firm. So they're, they're you know, a very large firm. They have a lot of systems and product in place that are also fed across the board to wirehouse brokers. Uh, that they do business with and that they clear for. And all of those systems and products and services are also in our advisors' hands to utilize as well. So banking, trust services, advice from the standpoint of legal and tax, training, you know, business building, advisor coaching, all those things are offered to free for the RAs who do business at Trade PMR. That to us is a huge differentiator and something we're really proud to be able to partner with a firm like the, like First Clearing, who you know has put together those services and they've worked incredibly close with us to deliver a lot of services that are catered just to the RA market and we continue to build out more and more items with them on a on a really quarterly basis to deepen our relationship and to make sure we bring those items you know to our advisors and provide a a differentiator to, you know, for, for them to, to grow their business with. Thanks for explaining that. From moving from first clearing, I wanted to talk a little bit about your EarnWise platform. That seems to be really the, the, the centerpiece of your technology infrastructure that you're offering to advisors. And you've recently announced a UX UI makeover. What, what was the, the, the prompting or what was the, the drivers behind that? Yes. 
Well, truthfully, Fusion is our, our everyday platform that advisors use to run and manage their business. EarnWise right now is a mobile complement and provides a lot of practice management, you know, client um, data to where, you know, advisors can see what's going on in client accounts. Advisors can make trades, uh, re- re- rebalance their portfolios, um, et cetera, on EarnWise on a mobile device. Sorry, so Fusion's the desktop and EarnWise is the mobile. Yes, that's correct. And EarnWise is our future. We plan on making EarnWise equivalent to Fusion at first, and then, of course, expanding it uh, ongoing. Uh, but that's a, a, another 24-month project for us to accomplish that. So in the meantime, we're still enhancing Fusion, and we're conti- continuing to support EarnWise and to build out EarnWise as well. So on Fusion, did, did you build all that in-house, or is it based on uh, any third-party technology? It's all built in-house. So why why that decision? Why not build it on top of something else, for example? But pick like um, another portfolio management tool and taking pieces of it or using APIs. You know, truly, we looked at this years ago, and you know, we've been at this for a very long time. You know, we were the first to ever produce a you know real you know live. Uh, uh, system to where clients could rebalance, you know, advisors could rebalance their clients' portfolios using basket systems and so forth back in 2004 is when we first released it. And I just learned at that time that it was better for us to use our experiences from being in the business and building what we felt like worked best um, to, you know, to, to create that. And of course, back then, APIs weren't very popular and everyone else was still using you know, download and upload file formats to handle any kind of, uh, you know, trade execution across the board for their customer accounts. And when it came to rebalancing, you know, their, their portfolios. So we had the chance at that time to build our own system, make it real time, allow advisors to instantaneously, you know, rebalance their accounts and have the accounts allocated uh, literally within seconds after completing the order and know that their task is completed and done. Instead of, you know, playing with a software system that, um, you know, again, rebalanced the accounts on, on their desktop. And then after they figured out that everything was correct, they could upload it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, then the next day they could come in and make sure everything was completed. We just shrank that process down because we had the ability to do it real time since we owned and controlled the data. And so we chose that route and we did it early. And so we've just continued to build on it ever since. I want to take a little break from this episode to talk to you about one of my favorite sponsors, the Invest in Others Foundation. Invest in Others is a nonprofit. You can find them at investinothers.org. And they look to raise money and give out awards to charities that are sponsored by financial advisors. So it's financial advisors, uh, favorite charities, charities that they spend a lot of time supporting. So Invest in Others looks to get sponsorships from the industry and funnel that money to advisors' favorite charities. I really like this this charity uh, and this nonprofit. I think you should take a look at it. Again, investinothers.org. They've got a couple other programs. One is a Grants for Good program. Uh, Again, delivering money to different needy organizations and needy groups. They're also starting a corporate awards program, which is going to be a little bit different, but still within the industry. Uh, another way for financial services, uh, wealth management, corporations to help uh, donate money to people in need. 
So I really like Invest in Others. I think you should take a look at it. Invest in Others. Let me spell this for you. I-N-V-E-S-T-I-N-O-T-H-E-R-S dot O-R-G. It's a it's an interesting your talk about building this out in 2004. I was doing the same thing as a, a one of my clients was Standard & Poor's, and they were in this business back in the same time where we were building out the same type of model basket rebalancing system. Unfortunately, they wound up building it, launching it, and then closing the business down, whereas you build it and launched it and you're still running. Uh, but that, that, was a, that was an interesting time to be building out these kind of tools because, yeah, as you said, the technology was very, uh, very early, very nascent in, in, uh, in maturity. Yes. And, and, you know, it was, it was difficult. And it's still difficult to do with a lot of systems because when most of these systems who do that, uh, you know, perform those uh, rebalancing, you know, mechanical mechanics, they have to use and, 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 and do this across the board of multi, you know, multi-custody uh, outfits. So that makes it really difficult when you have, uh, you know, multi-custodial relationships and you're having to rebalance across many accounts mm-hmm. to have real-time feeds that can be handled quickly and easily. That still is not yet built out in our, in our industry. It, it's just not there yet. Does your rebalancer handle, uh, can, you know, can I set up models at the household level? Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, pretty, that's a pretty complicated task. It is. It's something that um, has taken us quite a lot of a lot of time. But when we built Fusion, we framed it out to be more household centric than account centric. And it's a now I can as an advisor, I can rebalance by on my mobile device. You can yes. And how many advisors do that? It seems like I I feel like I need to see a really big screen spreadsheet like screen with lots of data before I click the rebalance button. But there's something special about the way you've built EarnWise that enables advisors to rebalance on the mobile device? Yes, it's, it was well, not just EarnWise. It's, it's something we've done since inception. We create a lot of trade rules that keep advisors from making mistakes and show them any issues ahead of time that could come up before uh, the, the large trades go through. So if they're trying to sell out of a position and you know two of the 100 clients don't actually own the position anymore because you know your op staff took a phone call from someone and and decided to sell it to, you know, fund an ACH or a wire, mm-hmm. you know, we want to find those mistakes early, not the next day. Mm-hmm. So our system has real-time rules that it goes through with every balance, every rebalance, and it checks the client accounts to make sure there's proper cash, um, the, you know, the proper positions, et cetera, whatever the advisor is trying to do. So the exceptions pop up. And so all you do is exclude those exceptions, and then you're able to proceed but you know that you're making a trade that has actually already been rule checked before it goes through. So yes, we encourage advisors to look at the entire system and usually create baskets in their offices, but those baskets sit there ready for them to execute at any point in time. So if they're out and about and they they hear the Fed makes a decision, um, they can go execute any of the baskets that they've created and they can do it on their mobile device. Nice. And oh, one thing before I forget, I wanted to congratulate you on your T3 award for your technology. Well, thank you. That was a real proud moment for me after being in the business for 20 years and developing software that catered to the, the registered investment advisor community. Um, it, was a, it was a real important moment to be able to accomplish that, to get that award, mostly from our clients and people who you know have done business with us for years. Uh, we, we really appreciated their vote of confidence, but at the same period of time to to have that award it meant that we were doing something right. And uh, 
took a long time to get there, but we're really proud of it, and we really can't can't wait to enhance it. It, it really validates your decision to to move into uh, your heavy investment into technology. I think so, you know, because we've been questioned by many industry experts of why we continue to build out an offering at all instead of just doing integrations and taking, you know, business from clients who have outside PMSs. But we really still see, you know, even the large firms who do business with us will, you know, jump into Fusion and jump into EarnWise and do things on a routine basis because it's quick, simple, and has an easy UI for them to understand. So we're proud of that, and we want to continue to enhance it. And uh, as we continue to enhance it, I know we're going to increase to increase our percentage of, of usability from all different firms of all different sizes. And uh, EarnWise slash Fusion, that's a, it's a full portfolio management system. Correct. So, it, so it, it would fully replace whatever other technology they have, whether it's Tamarack or Black Diamond or, or something like that. They would Fusion is a replacement for that. It is to some degree. I mean, we will never be able to keep up with uh, some of the feature sets that um, our competitors have. It's just not our forte to build out every single item that makes you know some trading very complex, which is, of course, why we do integrations and why we encourage advisors to kick the tires with all those different firms to see if there's uh, a feature set out there that we don't offer that, that they could utilize. And if it's a feature set that they come to us and say, you know, can you build this for us? We'll definitely look at it and see if it's something we can add on to Fusion that enhance, you know, enhances their experience with Fusion. But at the same period of time, I'll never build out a CRM that competes with, you know, some of the CRMs that are there, the sales forces, the junctures, even the red tails. So, you know, that's not our forte. Do we, do we offer a CRM that's, that's a nice light version that everyone can utilize if they're not CRM uh, centric? Then, oh, yes, we do. Um, you know, but at the same period of time, we're never going to be at the level of having, you know, entire teams working on PMSs, on CRMs full time to, you know, continue to enhance them. So we build out a good level of service platform that advisors can use, but at the same period of time, we have integrations with everyone so that we can make sure that we, you know, build the needs of all the advisors. Is there one particular uh, portfolio management system that you integrate with more than others? Well, that's one of the things we're going to announce next week is we have <clears throat> we built out our own performance reporting system since uh, 2002. It was actually the first thing we ever did was created performance reporting for our advisors. And we've been in the business ever since. And we've realized that it's just, it's too difficult to, so, you know, su to support it. And the prices have come down from some of this, you know, portfolio management system. So we are outsourcing all of our performance reporting uh, starting probably in the fourth quarter of this year to Black Diamond. So our integration with them is fairly deep, you know, and we still have, you know, deep integrations with the Tamaracks and the Orions of the world, but uh, we are outsourcing all of our performance reporting to Black Diamond. That is interesting news. Well, so what made you choose them over the other performance reporting vendors out on the market? Well, we interviewed everyone and we had conversations with all of them you know, Black Diamond just seemed to be a better mix. Uh, uh, took the effort to come into our office, look at our data, determine, you know, how they could help solve our problems, figure out exactly what they would have to do to integrate with us to, you know, pull in all historical data as well as historical performance. And, you know, it's, it was really an extra effort on their part to come in and, and um, 
analyze things that won us over. And uh, they're, they're right up the road from us. They're in Jacksonville, Florida. So they're only a couple hours drive. So it was a real easy, you know, back and forth experience that we've been going through with them for the last, you know, six months. And um, I guess about six weeks ago, we decided you're it. So in this world of technology, where people are working remotely, or you work with people around the world, never meet them, it all came, and a lot of it came down to geographic location that they were close by that helped out. Well, that and the fact that they actually scheduled an appointment and made sure they were coming down here to, you know, determine whether this was a, this was going to work and whether it was a good fit. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was willing to price it. Everybody was willing to, you know, kick the tires and that. But it was really nice that they took the extra effort to say, can we schedule an appointment, come down and visit you and, and look at your data and determine, you know, what our processes would have to look like, would have to be in order to make that happen. And that's how and that's how it how it works. What um so do you talk about how many accounts you're moving over to Black Diamond for performance? I'm not sure what that total would be. It's it's we're actually in and and still in some conversation about whether we do our you know our, all of our advisors instantaneously and continue to work that, mm-hmm. or whether we just do the set that uses our performance reports. We've always had the ability for advisors who decided to opt into performance reports, even after being here two years, we had all the data from the prior two years and we could offer the performance from that data to them. And uh, that's something that I, I would love to be able to continue to do. I'm not sure we're going to be able to do that. Uh, we may have to just you know, have advisors from the day they say, hey, yes, I want performance reports start from that, that day going forward, but we're working to see if we can accomplish uh, the, you know, the, the ultra which would be to be able to, to give them their entire history since they've been at Trade PMR. That is, that's a great question. It's something a lot of my, my broker dealer and my, we have a lot of clients who are in the business of performance reporting as part of their wealth platforms. And that's always a question with, with advisory firms and broker dealers alike is do we start fresh when we, when we switch or do we move the performance over? And if you can move it over and it's in, and because usually that's a huge undertaking. Yes. Yes. Well, we're definitely moving it all over from our current subscribers. It's just a matter of whether we move it over for everyone and continue to uh, really, you know, pay extra to have all the performance being handled so that when advisors do subscribe, the data is there for, you know, for the entire history of them being with trade PMR. Um, You know, that's still a business decision to be made and a technical decision to see if it can be accomplished. It's definitely a technical decision. There's, there's a lot behind the scenes of yes. migrating performance data over rather than just starting starting from scratch as most firms do. Very true. The so will will that also lead to better connectivity to the rest of the Black Diamond suite because they've built out their own rebalancer and other other tools as well. Yes, so it's going to allow you know advisors to of course already have a, a good experience with those reports and understanding what that looks like. They'll be accessing those reports through Fusion, not through Black Diamond systems. Um, but I, you know, I think, um, people who are, are, you know, happy with that experience of the performance reports and want to look into a deeper integration with black diamond, then of course they'll be able to go, uh, to black diamond and get, uh, you know, the trade PMR pricing for the, you know, for the, for the full, the full blown product. That would be excellent. Speaking of the full blown product, you are adding some interesting functionality to your product. I saw, um, a press release that you are offering augmented augmented reality for advisors to be able to understand the the trade PMR technology and and a better and better visualize it. So how how does that work? 
Certainly. Well, we did a, a, a more or less a test case, and we're experimenting with um, augmented reality to see whether advisors will actually, you know, utilize it. It's, it's a little gimmicky, I think, at this at this phase to see what technology can do. And you know, I think all things kind of start out a little gimmicky. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna just see whether advisors actually utilize it. It's real important for us to reach advisors and let them understand our value proposition. And there's multiple ways you can do that. And of course, the past traditional ways of sending out brochures to everyone, all the way back to cold calling, to TV commercials, et cetera, you know, they exist, but there's other mediums that are coming out and we're really testing those mediums so that we can determine, you know, what does hit advisors and what traction can we get from it? Because with augmented reality, I'm able to actually present my case face to face with them so that they understand who we are and what we're about and can, you know, tuck that away for that day whenever they say, hey, I'm going to break away finally and I'm going to go independent. They may remember that they had a, they, they downloaded an augmented app and they were able to listen to me talk and talk about our value prop. Um, I think that's going to, uh, you know, work with some and some are, you know, of course, not going to ever download the app to to watch the video. But again, it's just another way to reach out. It's a It's a medium whereby we can get our message out. And I think advisors are going to end up doing the same thing over time. They're going to end up having to find ways that they can communicate with their clients. And that's going to be critically important. So it may be a way that they can do it in a secure method whereby, you know, the client has the ability to see it. And no one else does. Yeah. You know, a lot of technology starts out as a test, a point of a proof of concept to see how it works and, and, and see how it, the clients are going to be using it. So you don't really know how they might use it or, how, or what interesting ways augmented reality might improve the advisor experience or the client experience. Absolutely. Especially on mobile. If they could, I'm always, when I think of, of augmented reality, I think of you know, holding up your mobile phone to something and having it overlay some information. So maybe they, yes. That. And, and that's something we've looked at is the ability to, you know, through a client portal for advisors to be able to send messages that are really customed, you know, custom, you know, just for a group of clients and allowing that advisor, that client to be able to log into their, their, their system and be able to see those messages and know that there's a video message for them to watch. Mm -hmm. That could be interesting. And going back a bit to, all, to your integrations, I know you have integrations with FinMason and Advisory World. So have any of the mergers or all the you know, advisor was purchased by LPL, does that affect your relationship with them at all? No, not at all. Advisory World and FinMason were two of the different systems that we opted to contract with for risk scoring. And, you know, we wanted to be able to provide our advisors a risk score on all the models they create so that they understood the level of risk they were willing, they were taking with each, each client portfolio. So as an advisor built a model out at Trade PMR today, that model is scored as they continue to add positions. And it gives them an idea of, of, you know, whether they're taking too much risk or not enough risk for each individual client, but especially for that group of clients that's assigned to that model. And it also allows them to, you know, play around with and tweak so that they can make sure they try to get the right score to match the client's risk profile and make sure that client profile matches that score. So, you know, that's really the key driver for our integration with FinMason and with Advisory World. And we're real excited about it because we have advisors today that are thrilled to be able to sit down and say, you know, I looked at that model. 
it's been there for two years and I didn't adjust it and I didn't rebalance it. And it had gotten way out of, you know, uh, out of uh, the risk tolerance of my, my customer clients or it had fallen under and they're able to go in and adjust it and figure out exactly what they need to do to stay up on that model. So it's, it's something that's right there available to them on Fusion that they can see every day they log in. That is awesome. Are there any other uh, announcements mm -hmm. coming? Oh, before we go, I wanted to talk about the um, announcement I read about back to Wells Fargo launching an RIA channel in partnership with you guys. Yes. How is that going to work? Well, it's real simple right now. It's it's um, Wells Fargo is taking advisors that are you know have normally been referred to first clearing in some way, shape, or form to you know to try to see if there was a RIA match to where they could do business with first clearing and first clearing has always used us for their RIA side. So we formalized the arrangement. And so as they have had firms determine that it was the best element for them to go RIA, this is really just a, an additional channel for them. They end up sending the clients to us and we do due diligence on them and, and go through a process. And uh, it's a simple conversion where the client account numbers don't have to change. And and the assets are being are able to be moved um, as these guys have accomplished setting up and and building out their RA. So it's a it's a wonderful transition for the clients. Uh, they don't have to do a whole lot of uh, repapering, and of course, it's a wonderful experience for the advisors as well. Yeah, it's just a very interesting relationship. I, I guess your reselling a first clearing was a key part of that. Of Wells Fargo agreeing to this because it, the, the, it comes back to them in the end anyway. In some degrees, yes, because we do business with them. So it's, it's, a, it's a mutual benefit, but at the same period of time, we're just excited to support it. They've always had the desire to get in the RA space, and they've looked at it over and over again. And we've been speaking with them about this for about eight years. And John Peluso and myself have continued to meet and determine whether this was you know, ever going to you know, be able to be rolled out. But he was able to, to get it accomplished and, and to get it started, and it's been very successful so far. That's awesome. So how will the, the, the advisor experience differentiate? How will it be different you know, in, the, in their finite business? They've got an, an RIA business. And how, how would it, uh, a, an advisor from finite see things differently than an advisor working through trade PMR? Well, you know, a finite advisor is more or less a hybrid. Um, he's still under the Wells Fargo umbrella doing business under the finite channel. Um, he's not truly, I mean, he's independent from the standpoint that Finite is an independent channel. But when, of course, you go RIA, that's the ultimate independence. And he would be setting up his own firm, running his own business, and he would be custodying his assets, at, you know, with trade PMR slash first clearing. And, you know, you know, that's the true difference. It is, a, it is a separate and distinct model because he now owns and controls his own destiny. And, he, you know, he's no longer affiliated with a Finite or a broker-dealer in any way, shape, or form. He's just starting his RIA and going fee only. And uh, so we've done that with some finite firms and some, some PCG firms. So this is really allowing Wells to have another option for advisors. Instead of them leaving totally to start the, to hang up their own shingle, they can still do that, but kind of stay in the fold. Correct, yes. Yes, this is the, really their, I think it's their fifth business uh, channel that they're offering to these advisors. And, and uh, you know, it allows them to complete the life cycle that some advisors walk down and, and walk the path up from, you know, being totally captive in the wirehouse world to going into a hybrid world to eventually going RIA. You know, there's been a lot of people who have gone that, you know, through that transition route. 
And this allows Wells Fargo to, to stay in the mix throughout that process. It seems like a good deal. It seems, it seems like a lot of these firms are trying to do that. So they don't have, they want to cover all their bases and they realize that they can't be all things to all advisors. Uh, so they offer all these different ways. As long as, as long as the assets stay in their ecosystem somehow, they're happy. This is the way it seems to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a true benefit. Um, you know, I, I congratulate Wells because they were the first, or I should say, I congratulate First Claim because they were really the first major firm to, you know, build this out and to accomplish it on a national level. And, you know, being a national firm, that was um, something that had never been done yet. And a lot of other firms have been quizzed about it, of whether they thought this was a route they would take. And so far, the answer has been no. So I'm real excited that they were willing to take the step. And I'm real excited that Trey PMR was able to to help them take that step and be a partner with them. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots of different ways that these firms are doing these. I mean, Commonwealth and Cambridge got into RIA, the RIA custody game last year. So do you, do you see that as being a similar type of deal to what you're doing? You know, I, I'm sure there's some similarities. I differentiate from, you know, the custodial world that, you know, I've, I've been a part of for the last 20 years to really what I see is, is uh, hybrid firms trying to, you know, make sure that they stay in the mix with some of these firms who are going RIA. I don't know how long that'll last and how um, permanent those situations are going to end up to be because there's still so many uh, situations where, you know, if you're, if you're RIA, why would you want to be affiliated with just a, a hybrid firm? You know, or, or maybe it will last. I don't know. I'm not the expert there. But, um, you know, I know from my experience in the past, I, I, when I went out on my own, I wanted to be on my own. And, you know, I wanted to be able to pick my custodian. I wanted to be able to pick the firm that I thought I could, would be the best for me. And, you know, that's what we offer. And that's what uh, I, I believe is, is what, where most, most advisors end up going. Um, they shop the market. They continue to learn as they grow their business. And, and they find the best solution that fits their needs. And, uh, you know, maybe these, uh, you know, smaller hybrid firms can deliver on that. It's, it's, I think it's, it's more of a challenge than most of them realize. That is certainly true. It's definitely a challenge. And uh, it's only when you get into it and start trying to sell it and, and support it that you realize how complicated it is. Yes. Yes. Okay. It, it continues to get more and more complicated and continues to grow. And I'm really happy. I've had a 20-year head start of, of uh, <laughs> going down the road of building technology out and building all the form, form and features that advisors need because it, it's a real complicated you know, task. It certainly is. And I think we're just about out of time. And Rob, I wanted to thank you very much for making the time to be on the podcast and, and sharing all this with uh, myself and with my listeners. Craig, it's a pleasure. Be talking to you very soon. All right. Thanks, Craig. Hey, everyone. It's Craig again. Just a few quick items before we go. If you like this episode, please give it a five-star review on iTunes. I would very much appreciate it. And remember to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about on this episode. For more information on wealth management technology, you can read my Wealth Management Today blog at wmtoday.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I'm looking forward to talking to you all again next week.